on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, July 27th. LA Galaxy losers won nothing to lay on in their first game of the League's Cup. We're going to talk about that game, get you through that, talk about some transfer rumors. We have stuff for you to talk about. Yay. So we're going to talk about transfer rumors, who's coming into the LA Galaxy. If you're on Twitter, you probably already know. Um, and then we're going to get you ready for the game, the, the second and possibly last League's Cup game for the LA Galaxy coming up against Vancouver. And before anybody says anything stupid, a win, any win, in, the regu- in regular time, in, in penalty kicks, anything gets the Galaxy into the next round. And yes, you want that to happen. All right. In order to talk about all this, we're glad to have him back. The man from Texas himself. It's Eric, the Portuguese hammer Vieira. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Pew, 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 pew. pew we're pew. here for League's Cup action. <laughs> Get into it. It was... I am going to say something. Maybe this is controversial. I hope it isn't because this seems rather, rather straightforward to me league's cup is a good tournament i'm just i'm just gonna say it's a good tur- it's it was exciting i enjoyed it i enjoyed the atmosphere i know there's gonna be people saying it was a leon it was a leon home game i didn't think it was a leon game i thought it was about 50 50 which is kind of fun right and yeah. uh, you know and i get why there are uh league mx fans showing up to these games and the reason is because they don't get to see their team all the time they're probably from pretty close and so they're like my team's coming i'm gonna go i'm gonna go watch them yeah, the, um, the incentive for a Lyon fan or a Liga Mekis fan to go out on a Wednesday night to see their team that never plays in the United States is a lot more than, you know, a Galaxy fan who's maybe down on the dumps in their team and the game's been rescheduled. They're not going to have as much of incentive to show up as, as that. And that's why they're playing the tournament because and why they're having their home games in the United States because they know that they're going to be able to draw those fans in. So, uh, again, uh, whenever there are stakes regardless of how still silly you think the stakes are, it makes things interesting. We just had the all-star game uh, a couple weeks ago, the skills competition that can be as low stakes as you want to call it. But those players were trying to win those games, those silly games training, you know, ground games because they're competitors and they were going after it. Right. This is a format against, you know, teams from another league. You put the players out on the field, they're, they're going to play, they're going to compete and that's going to make it interesting. And I think around the league, you're seeing a lot of, interesting results and kind of, you know, some, some good games, the shootout 
situation where, you know, the two points for a shootout win, right. one point for, you know, for a draw, even if you lose the shootout, I, the, the kind of hockey style scoring, I don't hate it. I think it's this, this is an opportunity to kind of experiment with those things. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I dig it. I, it is what it is. We, we don't need to, you know, it'd be too upset. I, the other side of the coin is I'm not heartbroken that we lost the first game in uh, the league's cup. And uh, I don't, I don't need to burn it all down and uh, you know, ready to boycott uh, you know, er- everything. It's like, okay, it's, it's, it's a loss, but I'll, it's the league's cup. It's not that big of a deal. So it, it is what it is when you, when you look at it against a very good Leon team, by the way, I think they're, I think they're outstanding. They play at a pace that is not seen in major league soccer right now. Um, and I love to see that. I think that anything the LA galaxy did on um over this this you know over the game on wednesday night um it only benefits the la galaxy it it can only help because really whenever you look at all the things that happen and even there's a brugman injury that's out there and obviously anytime you play games people can get injured and you know basically the the quote from greg vanny is we don't think it's serious but there's something there we don't just don't know what it is and it was a a knee right that he was he was quoting on that so um i didn't like it no, I didn't you like watching that. That's no. for sure. And it was a physically demanding. It was it was chippy. It was it was as postseason as you can get. Really, I mean, it's a it, it was a tournament game. That's what Greg Greg said. He goes he goes. This yeah. is what this is what you get in the tournament. I'm like you're you're not wrong. Yeah. I get it. I, I I know where you're coming from on that. Um, but yeah, just just really we we can also talk about the production of these games and everything. I know Apple had problems. I think streaming the game again that has to be a local issue that I can only think of because everything's basically. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I'm thinking it's a local issue because you know the, this is stuff now that has been tried and true. It's not like they're doing anything different for these games than they have for anything else. Yes. However, at the the home game where the Apple TV uh, signal cut out right as Ricky. Pooj scored. Right. Uh, that happened also. But it is odd because for the first, you know, half of the season plus, everything worked perfectly. And so now there's been these issues in that game. Some of the c- coverage has been spotty with, uh, and I, I don't know if this is to blame for it also, but the messy uh, unveiling, there were some audio issues and yep. that was, that didn't exactly, you know, run very smoothly. So I don't know if <laughs> these are issues that are over time that are you know, the warts are starting to show right. or if, or if something is starting to happen or maybe, you know, things aren't built for longevity that, you know, they were built brand new and then now things are maybe starting to fall apart and they need to kind of figure out how to, because they're new to the game, how to fix these things. Cause they're not your, your foxes and your ESPNs who maybe have tons of backups and know their way around it. It does seem like the quality strangely has taken a dip further in the season than how they came out kind of gangbusters where we we're saying we we're doing nothing but applauding the Apple coverage. But now we're starting to see, okay, we're starting to see some of those words show up. Yeah. You, you can see some of those. It, it's, I, I will say this one. I was actually having this conversation last night. Ma- Miami is not prepared for what they are going to go through. So don't expect <laughs> them to be able to handle. I mean, quite honestly, the galaxy weren't really prepared whenever David Beckham came in, running very first came in. They had to implement things that never yeah. had, they the never thought of in MLS before. And, and quite honestly, and I'll say this, I think with enough experience in my head to be able to make this, I think if, if suddenly, you know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo came to the LA Galaxy, that it would be a learning curve for them to get back into mm-hmm. what it's like to have a global superstar sitting on your, you know, uh, playing on your field and doing all. It's like there's a different level to these things. And and Miami's right. not prepared and they can't be prepared until they do it. I think there was uh, Bruce Serena was talking about Greg Berhalter a long time ago. And somebody was asking me, asking him, is Greg Berhalter ready to be national team coach? He goes, no, he goes, nobody's ever ready to be national team coach. You don't know how to do it until you do it. Right. 
Yeah. I, I had a piece of advice from a mentor that has always stuck with me in every job and everything that I've done. And, you know, sometimes you wait, well, I need some more seasoning. I need to wait to be ready. You know, once I feel like I've got another, you know, experience under my belt, then I'll take the step. And I had someone tell me, you will never be ready until you start. So however ready you think you need to be, it's not going to be, you're never going to be able to prepare for it. So you just need to jump in, do it, apply for the promotion, apply for the next step, and then you'll figure it out when you get there. So that sage advice that has stuck with me, and I think it applies in this situation, and it just applies in so many different situations. Well, and, and the other thing is that really when you think about League's Cup, this is not a tournament right now that has like a central office where everybody's planning all these things, and like there's not this developed organization behind this. This is really just like added on responsibilities for all the club teams. That's it. Right. I mean, there's a game tonight. Um, AC Milan's playing at, at Dignity Health Sports Park tonight. Yeah. Right. And and I think people are, are against Juventus. Um, and so that's uh, guess who's running that stuff. The same people who run the L.A. Galaxy thing yeah. are there same again. Yeah. 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 Same people who were there last yeah. night. So there's a, and then we said we we're going to get into the game recap, uh, the flight issues with Leon like that. You know, it's not like the league's club cup, uh, you know, company credit card <laughs> bounced is it, this is something that, that yeah. it keeps on working. This is a new situation and how they're flying these teams and getting around. Uh, and you know, if I, you, you probably have more information on that, but with the MLS teams now chartering flights, I would imagine they kind of have a lot of, a lot more experience to it. But when you start to bring in visitors and then maybe you start to see some of those wrinkles. So you're right. There, there are a lot of new <laughs> kind of wrinkles to it, but, but it is, the games are fun. The games have been fun. From, from what I've been watching. Uh, they, they're a lot of fun. And, and the production, I know that they were playing music during some of the game. To, it was, someone's, yeah, someone said it was kind of like basketball where they'd play it while the ball was out of bounds. And I, I, somebody, not for me, but I, I try it. No, Let's don't, don't it. try it. Just, just turn it. Somebody <laughs> I heard said, it was fun, though. Someone said it, they, they kind of dug it. They, oh, wow. I thought it was horrible. I'm like, what do you do? Okay. I just worry that they're not going to turn it off in time for like the ball to be kicked and stuff like that. And just... Um, you know, a, a lot of crazy stuff. Like it was just, it was just weird. Uh, they did player announcements before the the game, where like individually players would walk out and they announced them as they came out, like for each team, the starting lineup, and did that. Um, so that like was a little interesting. Night. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a little strange. Uh, the anthem got played before anybody came out. Which I, by the way, if you're gonna do that, just don't play it. I don't care. Like that's not a huge thing. I don't need to have the anthem in front of every game. That's that to me is seems. Uh, a little extraordinary. And I don't think that they played the Mexican national anthem. I don't believe they did. Uh, if they did, I missed it doing something else. Uh, so it was just weird. And by the way, the arrangement that they had of, of the Star Spangled Banner, not good. So like there was, there was like little things like that. Where it's you're a little like, pitchy dog, right? And then the arrangement, yeah. Well, it was just it was just musical, right? So it was just yeah. the, the music and it was like there was nobody singing or anything like that. So it was just, that was weird. Um, yeah, it, again, you know, 50-50, I think that they were trying to make Leon feel at home. There was announcements in Spanish and English, which I like. So, you know, you sort of had that. Um, Atmosphere-wise, I thought it was outstanding. Uh, you had Victoria Block with uh, two bouts of smoke and some fireworks. Some fireworks. Actual, actual oh, fireworks. I was going to say, n- normally you're not here and we're not in a forum to kind of promote that. But that was that was almost impressive, Yeah. you know, for, for lighting it off and making it going. It felt like it uh, made me miss California, that's for sure. Uh <laughs> You know, at a right. when the Dodgers, uh, you know, make the playoffs or the Lakers win the championship, it's like ah, there it is. Just Rob, fireworks for no reason. By the way, the chat room pointing out something that was suggested to me, and I have no confirmation on this. That basically mm-hmm. they were playing the music so that way there would be no uh, homophobic chance during goal kicks because it was usually in in those little positions, right? So it's, 
Okay. It's not a crazy idea. It's not. It's, but you have how, your tinfoil hat. Yeah, you can do a lot worse. How about you just don't say it? I don't. I don't know. Maybe I, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Somebody's gonna yell at me. I can. I can I think, guarantee I, right now. I think we've proven that that that's 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 not necessarily okay. an option all the time. Yeah. Uh, always true. Um. So so you know you had all that. I thought the lead up was really really interesting to the game. I thought everything was kind of fun. Um. With that, I, again, I like the atmosphere. I like the chippiness. I. I thought that Leon played really well. I thought the Galaxy played well at sports. In spurts, um, they also got just run over a couple times whenever it was coming to uh, to the to the defensive side of things. And Greg Vandy called it naive defending, um, and I, I would agree that I would agree they didn't quite track some of the guys they were supposed to track. Uh, the interesting on the start to this was, of course, uh, Michovic getting his LA Galaxy mm-hmm. debut uh, and making his Leeds Cup debut. Uh, man of the ma- match for me. I have no problem saying it. man <laughs> of the match. You beat me to it. I was going to say, I didn't see the fought mob ratings or whatever right. it is, but to me, he was the one player who stood out. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd, I thought had some moments where he could have, you know, scored and kind of put himself in, in the right position. But in terms of keeping the galaxy in that game, cause, uh, you know, we're just, uh, a little behind the scenes. I wasn't sure if I was going to be even on the show today right? because you know, how, how often can I say the same thing? The galaxy looked like they had moments, but in the end, it wasn't enough. And so we kind of saw that. And part of why they were able to hang in that game and possibly kind of steal something towards the end was because of Michovic and, you know, the saves that he was able to make. He absolutely kept the Galaxy in that game when it, it could have gotten a lot uglier sooner. Yeah, I, I, if I remember, the XG was about 2.11 for Leon. And they scored one goal, and I certainly think that Michovic probably kept one, maybe two out of the net mm-hmm. uh, for that, because that could have easily been that been the case on that. And the one goal that they scored, he was never getting to. So the guy, uh, I, I forget who was talking about it. It might have been Tony Alfaro. I talked to, uh, after the game, I got to talk to Tony Alfaro, uh, Uri Rossell, uh, let's see, I talked to, and Jalen Neal. I think those were the three players that we, it was mixed zone. I don't know. Does everybody know what the difference between like mixed zone and like press conference and other stuff? I mean, I of course know, but you know, let let our listeners know. So in normal times right now with the LA galaxy, we have guys and we request guys and they bring them into the conference, into the press conference. We just ask them questions from the, from the podium, right? They sit up on the table and we ask, and that's what you're normally used to seeing. Mixed zone is, and this is more common in international football, uh, for sure. And if you go, I believe, like overseas, the mix zone is sort of a, is that players walk through a certain area. And whenever they walk through a certain area, you can try to get them to ask answer questions. And most of the time they they without doing it, flip you the bird by staring at you and walking right by. Um, but the 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 deal was, I think, that you had to provide it for players or however many the the the. Uh, the press wanted to talk to. So we asked for some guys to sort of come in. So we had to like wait for them to come out and it's in a different spot. And so we did our press conferences and then went and we got to hang out by the barriers. So they put you behind the barrier and then the players on the other side. So you got to reach over the barrier. Hi, hi, how's it going? It's, it's wonderful to see you, you know, the whole deal. And so uh, it was nice to sort of talk to some of the guys and, and get that. I, I really, if we're just talking about it, I really like Tony Alfaro, that, that guy. And, we sort of had a little conversation about him coming home. I go, well, this is like your first time playing in the stadium, right? Since what? Since you were in college? And I go, did you get to play here in college? And he was like, yeah, we played a couple times. He goes, but it was never this full. He goes, yeah. this. He, he goes, this was this was great. He goes, I love the atmosphere. Um, and then talking to Jalen Neal, there's two things. I, I think I really like Tony Alfaro. He's here to help the LA Galaxy and whatever they need. And I think he's a good distributor. I think he can be a good defender. I think they had some some miscommunications and some things that probably worked themselves out uh, a little bit better down the road. Um, but I think Alfaro could be a really nice backup addition to what is certainly going to be you know a a a, a position they're going to need help at. Yeah, you know what my glowing review of uh, Alfaro is is doesn't seem like a liability. 
like that that's where we're at right now where where hey if he doesn't look like a liability at these couple of games I'll take it given you know some some absolute liabilities that we've seen in the back for the galaxy this season and in years in seasons uh past recently so uh, I'm with you I kind of see someone who's a capable defender which I'll take right now given yeah. the situation that the galaxy are in 100% uh talk to Jalen Neal Jalen Neal was interesting everybody I talked to Greg Vanny included I asked about the physicality of the game and I think it's pretty obvious that was a very physical game uh, as you would expect, quite honestly, between an MLS team and a League MX team. That's what, a, only what I expect um, in those. I didn't think it was overly chippy, um, but I thought it was very aggressive and very physical. Yeah. Jalen Neal goes, nah, it wasn't bad. Just I, it, <laughs> <laughs> He's a different dude in, in yeah. all the right ways. He's a different dude. Uh, I asked him about, you know, the physicality. He goes, yeah, it was fine. Like, it was it was cool. He goes, I like these games, you know, the whole deal. But yeah, I, he goes, I don't think it was overly physical. That type of thing. And I'm like, this is a guy who now has had the experience of playing on the international level at high speed. Like, being a, seeing Leon was not overly difficult for him. And he's letting everybody know. By the way, not in a showy way. He was just like, nah, you know, it was good. And then I asked about the atmosphere. And everybody was like, hey. You know, it was pretty good, like with the fireworks. Uri Rossell talked about the fireworks. Tony Alfaro talked about the fireworks and stuff like that and the smoke. And they're like, you know, it sounded really loud. It sounded fun. Uh, it was really good. And Jalen Neal is like, I want more. He goes, I think it could be better. You know, that type it, of thing. He's, and I, He's not wrong either. No. He, I, I, th- I feel like the, the atmosphere and we you saw kind of the mixed bag in the crowd I, I, and a weekday night. It is what it is in that situation. But you're right. And I think the, the crowd at Dignity Health Sports Park has the ability to be better. And I think just... The, the state of the team right now isn't there right now, but you have to you have to build up to that and have the results kind of show for it. The one interesting thing uh, that's interesting about Neil and his comments is that he he does seem, and I don't mean this in a bad way, unbothered, uh, you know, because it seems like it doesn't matter. He stays calm, cool, collected. That's his playing style. Doesn't that's matter. his way in discussing. But, you know, as people are pointing out in the chat and from what we were watching during the game, Leon did bring a different level of intensity than maybe they've seen in regular MLS yes. league play. And, uh, you know, and as far as Jalen returning from national team duty and kind of seeing that with other national teams as well, I still feel like what Leon brought was a little bit different. Was he genuinely bothered by it? Obviously not, but I did there. It's a fair question to ask because there was definitely something different yeah. about the way Leon came at the galaxy than, you know, other teams that the galaxy have played this season in MLS competition. There's a reason why their CONCACAF, you know, uh, Champions League winners is right. because of the the players that they have and the style that they play. So, you know, you, you have to give credit where credit's due for Leon. They are absolutely a, a really fun team to watch. I mean, just uh, again, from from a I get to sit up in the press box and watch live soccer point of view. I enjoyed the game immensely. It was a high paced, high pressure uh, high stakes. And, and quite honestly, I think Greg Vanny called it before the anybody even kicked off. He said, this is about, you know, converting chances. He goes, you're going to have to be efficient with your chances because if you're not, you're going to get punished. And the LA Galaxy wasted every chance they got, uh, whether that was Preston Judd, whether that was Tyler Boyd. You know, you talked about Tyler Boyd. Yeah. If he could have converted any of the three or four chances that he had, he could have been a man of the match player. As it is, I thought yeah. he was one of the worst players because he squandered so many oh. chances. We're, we're going to get into Kevin Cabral territory. You have to have a certain level of skill to put yourself in that situation. But then it is disappointing when you put yourself in that situation and then, you know, let, let you down. Boyd has shown himself, proved himself where he can, you know, right. be clutch in those moments. So that's probably why it hurts even more because we've seen him do better. And it just, but you're right. The, the, the finishing was the finishing boots were not there 
for anyone on the LA Galaxy team, obviously, with zero yeah. goals. Judd was was missing in action uh, for most mm-hmm. of the game. Um, had, I think, one chance wherever he, he was in the box and tried for a first touch and it didn't pull off. He even tried to pass from inside the box and it got, you know, redirected, rerouted. Uh, Ricky Pouge, probably, you know, somebody said on Twitter, and I thought this was interesting, you're like, everybody tries to be the hero on this team all the time. And I think in this particular game, there certainly was some of that where it was like, hey, you know, uh, the, the most glaring example for me is is the very one of the last plays that they got played for Boyd and it was Boyd getting played through it was Costa and Boyd and they were playing each other and then there was the chance for the give back right Boyd had the chance to give get the ball to Costa inside the box more of an extreme angle but to me the better chance at either scoring you're getting an assist from there because Costa had pulled himself into space and was going to be able to pull the back line apart a little bit there and instead Boyd cut across to hit it with his left foot and it doesn't come off and you're like that was the chance though that was the yeah. one that really you should have had you know Jovalich had a chance in there and Jovalich coming on by the way I thought he was more dangerous than he's been in a lot of situations Correct. coming right in I was like yes you're starting to see it and then he, he looked hungry yep. but it just it, it didn't land no no finish and he had the one chance that he kicked right at the goalkeeper right and you're like okay there's that one uh, Ricky Push had a couple chances to get through Douglas Costa had a couple chances to get through people were complaining because Pouge and Costa were losing the ball a lot. And I said, and I was like, you don't understand. As creative players that they are against a good team like Leon, they're going to lose the ball probably eight out of 10 times they try to go through somebody. But the two times they get through is where you're going to have a chance to score. Correct. How many times have we watched Ricky and Douglas, you know, mess up passes towards the end of games? Yep. And they don't get necessarily called on it because they make those passes earlier in the game. You know, I'm kind of a broken record on Ricky with my critique of him playing that hero ball, doing too much. So instead of repeating myself the same way, I'm going to compare it to some women's World Cup action. What we've been seeing uh, with Sophia Smith and the women's national team, you know, you have, when you play that type of hero ball where you try to do too much, you're going to have the games where you score multiple goals and you get the assists and you come out looking great. And then you're going to have the games where you look completely frustrated because the other teams, once they, you know, give you, apply you some pressure, are physical with you, it's going to be a lot harder for you to make those passes. And you end up, you know, being worse for trying too much there in that situation. I think that's what happened with the women's national team against the Netherlands. And I think that's what happened uh, with Ricky and Douglas in this game against Leon. I mean, there's some very big sort of uh, missing players here. You Mark Delgado for Aguirre. I love Daniel Aguirre. He missed a wide open pass to Ricky Pouge early in that game that probably could have had the LA Galaxy up one nothing. I've liked a lot of what I've seen from him, but in this particular game, Leon was a lot for him to handle, and you could see him struggling to sort of keep up with that pace. Uh, whenever Brugman goes down and you have Uri Rossell coming on, to me, that's a non-winner. R- Rossell isn't even the same type of player. Uri's not the same pl- type of player. He's more of a defensive player, and so that means you're going to have to get a Geary pushed more into things. I thought when Memo Rodriguez came on that they had a little more joy with him trying to cut inside from that right side. I think Kelvin Leardam was wide open uh, and we all remember Kelvin missing from about two yards out. Um, but, you know, I don't know why. I just don't expect people to sc- I don't expect defenders to score that goal. And it's like, I'm yeah. like, whatever. There were so many other many chances that that's a difficult one. And I'm just whatever. <laughs> we, we have to be realistic about this, too. You know, the, the drop off from, you know, Brugman to Rossell and with, with Leardam and Nagiri, you know, <laughs> I'll go back to what I said earlier on in the season. Are, are we packing it up? And totally worrying about, you know, the 2024 LA Galaxy, because are you really pinning the hopes on this team? Right. The game changers being or Yuri Rosell, Kelvin Leardam and Daniel Gary. Are those the guys who you're 
you know, you're riding, you're riding them into battle to, to make, to be the difference makers. And you, you still have Costa and you have Pooj who are your, 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 your one A's and your people who are going to make the difference, but ultimately where, where you win the battles and where you're successful are on the fringes and our fringe players just are, are not there. No, I, I, a I different, thought, it's a different level. I thought it was very clear in this game that the Galaxy, in terms of people coming off the bench, don't have those those players, right? Um, uh, I thought the the game was much too big for Preston Judd. He couldn't handle what he was trying to put in there, and he his technical ability could not match what he was trying to do in his mind. Um, so for me, that was a loser in in having him start out there because it, it didn't work. Quite honestly, Jovalich may be better suited for this type of game where it's this fast, and I don't think Jovalich is necessarily a fast player, nor do I think he's a fast thinker a lot of times, but he puts himself in good positions to be where the ball should be, and I think that is more of probably what you needed. You saw it as soon as he came on with uh, with Edwards on the left-hand side in the early cross and you know Jovalich getting a chance to have a, a shot on goal early. And those are the things you weren't seeing from Judd yeah. and, and, and he wasn't moving or opening places. So yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that's a fair critique. And, so, you know, if you want to call out Vanny for maybe his decision, one, you kind of have to put a little bit on, on, you know, Judd and Judd and Judd, you know, with a Y. That's the sound, and, that's the sound he made when he yeah. fell over. Judd <laughs> and Jovalich. Judd mm-hmm. uh, and Jovalich. You have to put it on them for not, you know, we talked about this last week. No one's taken that striker spot and made it there. So it puts Vanny in a difficult position on the hot potato on who he's going to play. But when you think about it, Jovalich, what he does bring is international experience and playing against, you know, different countries and different styles. So when they're playing a non-domestic team, they probably would have been better suited to start Jovalich in this game. Uh, even though <laughs> Vancouver, you can call them not a domestic right. team because they're from Canada, but they're in the same league. So I think maybe that game is better suited for Judd than Jovalich. When you're playing someone, you know, from from a different league, I feel like Jovalich has that little edge with his national team and international experience that may have had him had him be better suited for this game. Yeah, and he, listen, I th- that's that's fine. I don't know what the answer is. There is no answer yeah, to striker, well, and, right? And, and that said, when he came in, he, it's not like he you know was was setting the world on fire right. and putting you know banging the balls in the back of the net as nope, well. He's not. So yeah, you, you can't. I mean, that's I why. I don't fault Greg for anything except that maybe he benches both of them and figures out a way to <laughs> somebody said, get Tyler Boyd to be striker for a little while, you know, and like, and find another winger and make that the rest of the year that you're trying to sort of put things together. Well, I think the limit to this LA galaxy team, both in this tournament and the last 12 games is totally going to be on a number nine and whether or not they can get production out of either one of the two strikers that they have or get somebody new in there. Cause the goals have to come from the nine position. The Galaxy have a lot of buildup. They have a lot of getting a lot of good positions, but the finishing isn't there. And when you know there's no nine scoring, it it allows them to collapse on people like Pooj. It allows them to collapse on people like Costa. And that's what you saw Leon do. They were like, nobody, they don't have to worry about Judd or Jovalich. Let's collapse on Pooj and Costa as they're coming through the center and we'll just stop them. Yeah, and where, where Pooj sometimes looks dangerous and we've seen him in this position is where he kind of floats up into that nine role where he kind of, either works as a second forward or he, you know, when the forwards are tracking back, he puts himself to try to get in behind the defenders and they send him on the long ball. But the problem with putting Ricky up there, well, I think he would, he, you could absolutely put him in there as a, either a false nine or put him as one of your strikers uh, to make it work. But then you lose what he brings in the midfield and what he's able to do track. You lose that position. So that's not, that wouldn't be the smartest move either. So you're right. We're, we're in a very interesting uh, situations 
with with uh, you know the strikers and every or lack of strikers. Yeah, I really Galaxy. I really think that's going to be the difference. I think that's going to be the difference for everything is whether or not the Galaxy can get a production or get a new striker in there. Uh, just going over the stats, Leon had more shots. They had more shots on goal. Um, you know the the great. So the Galaxy had the fifty five percent. I thought some of their possession was dangerous. I thought that they looked better in the second half, possibly than at some points in the first half. Although the Galaxy started well um in this game and so you're sort of like okay you know you can see it uh you know this is a leon team that was sleeping in the airport two nights before and that was on short rest and this was the best <laughs> chance you were going to have to take them down right i mean and that's, yeah that's one of the most interesting wrinkles is if you told me a week ago that the galaxy were going to lose one zero to leon i said yeah they're Concacaf champions league winners right. you know they're they you know were top six finishers and in Liga Mekis last season, yeah, of course they, they're going to lose 1-0 given the form that they're in. But then with the rescheduling and they're coming off of a weekend match, stuck in the airport, I talked myself into it. I gave yeah. myself hope. <laughs> I thought, oh, they're, they're going to be able to get a result. They, we're going to be able to catch them. Uh, and then, and of course, once they got on the field, the Galaxy, I saw this. This was not an original joke because I saw several people make it, but it was fair. The Galaxy looked like the team that spent the night in the airport in some of these plays. Certainly. You know, they gave fight <laughs> in some moments, but there were also some moments where they looked rusty. And, and that's I don't know. I don't know what what to do with this team, this 2023 L.A. Galaxy, because, you know, if they play games compacted, they look tired, they wear out. And then if you have games where they haven't played in a week and a half, they look like they have that ring rust, like they just look rusty like they didn't have their shooting boots on because that lack of playing <laughs> consistently in the last week and a half so they're not good on long rest they're not good on short rest well so they're not good i mean that's yeah well there's the answer right there <laughs> that's that i mean that being said i still think there's a ton of talent on the team that they're, they're able to listen i think leon's probably one of the better teams in this tournament in terms of how it's going to play out we'll see if that sort of it's a tournament so yeah, you we'll never see. really know but we know from their history that leon is a good team um, the fact that the LA Galaxy had a one nothing game and had plenty of opportunities to score, even though they couldn't finish, to me is more of a positive than it is a negative. But it's the same story, which is that there's no nine there. You know, I don't know. Chicharito wasn't scoring before he got injured. So it's not like you're saying, oh, if Chicharito was just, oh, gosh, if he was just feeling better then you know, the whole deal. Now, there's a really good chance that Chicharito would have been um, you would have found some form at this i mean you know the guy scores a lot of goals so you would expect that by now he would have worked himself in but with the season ending injury that's not going to happen um you know you're you have the galaxy missing some of their best players you have chicharito out you have caceres out um you know brugman goes down in this particular game that's three players right there that if they're all on the field you're feeling better about this team versus leon and delgado kind of an unsung hero in that delgado, regard Maybe so four we say that all the time he yep. doesn't pop up on the staff sheet but he's someone when he's gone from the lineup it's it's noticeable. Yeah, and, and you can see it. And I lots of people love to pretend that Mark Delgado is one a sub or two replaceable. And I would say that those are both pretty tall tasks for for somebody like like uh, to find somebody who's better than Delgado at what he does. And a lot of the Galaxy's success has been because of Delgado's positioning in the yeah. in the in these last you know stretch of seven eight games. Um, so there's a possibility he could be ready this weekend. I wouldn't count on it, though. Greg Vanny very clearly at the beginning of this said, we're not going to risk anybody, right? As in terms of if somebody's not 100%, we're not going to put them out there in the League's Cup. We're going to let them rest. And we're going to let them relax. So um, Galaxy lose this game one nothing. Uh, the 
The standings then, as we look at it in West 3, which is the group, is Leon, who have now clinched the win in this group. They will finish first in the uh, with five points. It goes Leon with five points. Irregardless, they will finish first. In, irregardless, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, I'm sure Aaron loves that whenever we say it. Uh, so they will finish first. They're done playing games. They've already played their two games, so they're, they're done. They will advance and go on to the uh, knockout stage. Vancouver has one point. The LA Galaxy have zero points. Here's the deal. Uh, any win... Any win, any win on Sunday gets the LA Galaxy through. It's very simple. You don't have to do any math. You don't have to count goals and all this other stuff because the tiebreaker is head to head, right? That's, and so that's what I was going to say. I know you're asking yourself, yes. but if they if they win, won't they put that even? Won't that put them even on points? Even if it's a shootout win, yeah, correct. Yes, but head to head, the shootout win that is when it comes down to Arbo Marbles. Whoever wins that shootout. That's who takes home, uh, you know, brings home the bacon and moves on to the next round. So, so by the way, I just want I read you the exact wording from the tiebreakers <laughs> because I got people want to argue with me all the time. Direct head-to-head match result between the tied clubs. That's the first tiebreaker. In uh, in in uh, parentheses here for clarity, a win in penalty kicks is a win for the purposes of this tiebreaker. There it is, right there. That's it. So even if the Galaxy, if it's 0 it doesn't matter. They go to penalty kicks and they end up winning on penalty kicks, they will advance. I wouldn't suggest doing that, but that <laughs> is the way that the Galaxy advance. They win in regular time, they advance. They'll have more points than Vancouver, and Vancouver will be the team that goes home. Um, so that's it. Just win on Sunday. And that keeps it simple enough. And I actually like the fact that it's Vancouver and they just played Vancouver and there was like some embarrassment there because I feel like yeah. there's going to want to be some revenge for it. There's some pride there for yeah. sure. But Galaxy now playing on short rest. Vancouver had the middle of the week off. So the Vancouver will travel down now to play the LA Galaxy on Sunday. And remember, the game got rescheduled and pushed. I was asking why they moved the Saturday game. For me, it didn't make any sense to move the Saturday game. Um, except if there was like some contractual thing with Leagues Cup that said you had to have X number of days between each game. And yes, it would have been shorter rest for the LA Galaxy and it would have put them at, you know, a b- little bit of a disadvantage. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, why would you go through all the trouble of rescheduling and moving a game whenever you double. could ju- yeah, double, double that and cancel the season ticket member, uh, you know, thing that was going to mm-hmm. happen as well. So there's all this stuff. And I, I would have to imagine and nobody could. And in fact, somebody told me no, that it was just because this is more fair to everybody. And I was like, OK, I don't believe that. I believe there's contractual something in there. I do. It's, <laughs> it was it too makes, much of a it makes headache. The most, yeah, it makes the most sense that there's something there, you know, either the player as a part of the player bargain, you know, with uh, the deal that, you know, there needs to be a certain days in between because you're you're right. Um, there, there are people I tried to get the message out on Instagram. We tried to tweet things out. Um, that the game was rescheduled from Tuesday to Wednesday, but apparently people still showed up. Oh, did they? Uh, at, yeah, they still showed oh up at the God. park upset, you know, that they they missed the memo. They didn't figure out that the game I mean, was canceled. And I, I'm, I'm almost, I could almost guarantee you that that's going to happen on Saturday as well. So, you know, if, if you know somebody, tell somebody that the game has been moved uh, to Sunday because it does, it does put a wrench in everything and just make everything more difficult. I will, uh, I, I will say that, um, yeah, just the whole reschedule. The Galaxy are going to reschedule that season ticket member thing, so you're still going to get your your, your reschedule. I know your that's carnival. yeah, your carnival. I know that's a that's a hassle. I get that. Like it was. Listen, <laughs> it was a hassle for me. Remember, two, remember Monday night. I'm doing a show, and then, and it starts with, "Hey, the LA Galaxy play tomorrow night against Leon." Blah, blah blah. And then halfway through the show, I'm like, "Oh no, that doesn't happen anymore. They're playing on Wednesday night." Um, and that happened. Uh, then I had to go to my wife and was like, Hey, so that game, we, we got, we got to change everything. Like this whole week is now different than what it was. 
Um, it, it makes Sunday harder. So I know that there's people going out there and doing all that stuff. I know. I, I understand that. I get that. That's why I was like, why would you want to do that twice? That to me, it, yeah. I was like, mm, it must be. And that's fine. I don't really care. Um, but again, uh, just everything that's going on and the players and, you know, the players getting a little more money for playing in these games and that type of thing, it all sort of stacks up and adds up it to a tournament that I think is going to be really, uh, really important in the next four to five years. Really? I, I mean, the most prize money in CONCACAF, all those fun things sort of going in that direction. So, um, anyway, so the galaxy win on Sunday. They advance. They will go into the knockout round. Um, I keep waiting for them to show me my wonderful bracket. I love it. If you go on the MLS website, you click on the bracket and they don't have it like filled out, even though that some of those places are like locked in already. Well, the League's Cup website does have it. Oh, does it? So the the bracket cool. is there. So I don't know if you've <laughs> we're going to get ahead of ourselves because yep. we're a pro galaxy podcast. We are. If the galaxy do happen to advance, obviously they can't take the West three number one spot. So the best they can do is the West three number two spot so um where that puts them is the west three second would put them as a six seed uh going against the west one winner okay so the west one winner right now who's in, in the lead of that group is tigres so <laughs> all this i'm here for vancouver that. to go through all this to go against basically you know one of the best teams uh in mexico for the pleasure of playing them in a knockout round so it's going to be a tough putt regardless of if they you know, can do it against Vancouver right. or if they're if they make it through, they're going to have uh, a top opponent waiting for them on the other side. Yeah, I mean, listen, Eric, you want to not play the one of the best teams in, in, in the whole thing, then, you know, win your group and you don't have a problem. Right. You know, it's one of those. I always I always put that stuff in there and, and, and try to figure that out. So, yeah, I mean, this is listen, tournament play. Anything can happen. Get Tigres and you play them at Dignity Health Sports Park. OK, there's your advantage. All right. Go get that and make that happen. Um, if you're the LA Galaxy. So that is what is coming up. That's what's happening on Sunday. Uh, the LA Galaxy uh, will play against Vancouver. Um, I have tickets to give away for that. How many tickets? I have four pairs of tickets again. Uh, oh, flush to, with tickets. I'm just, you know, hey, when they when they hit, they hit. I got that influencer thing just rolling right now. No, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so uh, that's where you get. So uh, I have four pairs of tickets. We're going to do the same thing we did last time. You're going to send me an email. You're going to say, hey, Josh, this is my first name. This is my second name. And here is my email address. And I would like those tickets. And you're going to send it to me. And then around noon tomorrow, I will not pay attention to any more emails afternoon. So your cutoff is 12 p.m. on Friday. All right. So you're going to email corner of the galaxy at gmail.com. You can start doing that right now. Maybe I'm going to find the first email and give a pair of tickets to the first email. Maybe I'm going to find the last pair. Everybody's going to wait till 1159. Maybe I'm, I'm serious. If it's 12 o'clock, you're done. 1159 is it. All right. I'm, maybe I'm going to give a pair of tickets ready to 1159. This is not random. I get to pick whatever I want to. That's how it works. <laughs> I, I would like to. This is like <laughs> this is I like thought people were going to be able to read through the lines, but I, I, you just flat out told them. Yeah, like, no, this, I, I can't pick. say it's the fifth email or the sixth email. It's like, no, I'm going to read through these and I'll figure it out. You yeah. know, <laughs> so what, it be, you know, it is what it is. The weirdest things catch my eye when I do this stuff. It's just like, oh, OK, like this. And some people have really good stories. And I'm like, no, nope, that, gonna, doesn't, that doesn't do it say, for me. You're actually adding more work for yourself. Right. Then yeah. You're going to get, you know, everyone's. You know, my, my cousin's uncle, you know, is, is, <laughs> is a refugee. He's, all, he's all, the only thing that kept him alive was his love for the LA Galaxy. It's right. like, how, I got to say no to that. I have a cousin and he's leaning towards the dark side and I'd like him to be an LA Galaxy fan. And I want to take him to this game because I think the Galaxy are going to win. And, blah, you know, it's like that. So there's there's all there's all sorts of things. Um, yes. Anything, compliment Josh. He's, yeah. a, he's a sucker <laughs> for flattery. 
just kids. Wow, Josh, you're so attractive and smart <laughs> and funny. And I listen. Tell me to you're not those. taking those things. You're absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, don't kid yourself. You're you're inviting that person. <clears throat> I can can we talk real quick about how disastrous Monday night's podcast was? People don't realize like just the craziness. <laughs> One is that they t- changed everything, so that makes like the first part of the podcast like Nolan Boyd, and I always love when that happens. Um, the only thing that's worse is that whenever it's not during the podcast and it's like immediately after, like I would finish the podcast, see everybody on Tuesday night. And they're like, the game's been rescheduled. That would have been worse, but you would have had to come back on and tech that on, you know, either voice dub over yourself or do a little addendum at the end of the episode. Yep. So, so we had that, but then my SD card that is on my recording device got full about, about 25 minutes into it. It just said, I'm full. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting because that's not supposed to happen. And the whole deal. And so I have like a 256 gigabyte SD card in this thing. So I had to go and format that afterwards and do stuff, which means I had to download the audio from YouTube, but you have to wait for YouTube to process the audio first and do all. So nightmare on Monday night, just from all things considered. So if this show so far running smoothly is any indication of how the LA galaxy play because nightmare show and the galaxy lose this show galaxy will win on, on Sunday clearly because this show is going so much smoother. Um, like where your head's at. Yeah. That's, that's that's the positive LA Galaxy spin we need right now. I'm 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 here to help. Whatever I can do. Uh all right, let's get to some transfer rumors. Uh I was able to talk to some people. We had some inklings of some 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 things. We listen, Maya Yoshida is uh, is going to sign with the LA Galaxy. They're waiting for the uh the transfer window to close. He's a free agent in the LA Galaxy. The we're just going to call the Tom Bogert loophole with quotation marks, even though it was <laughs> reported on this podcast like two months beforehand. But the Tom Bogert loophole, which isn't a loophole, all teams get to do it. And MLS could have explicitly banned the LA Galaxy from doing it if they wanted to, but they didn't. So it's not a loophole as in they're cheating or trying to find a way around it. It was literally allowed to them. This was their opportunity to do it. So the LA Galaxy. Which, get, yeah, I'll go back to that. the punishment was not being able to find sign people during the summer transfer window. Right. And so it's not a loophole. It's the summer transfer window completes. And then you use the same rules that have been available, uh, you know, for the last five years or however long they've been able to sign free agents. So that's just kind of the funny thing that that when that article came out, it, it was very odd the way it was worded when, you know, like it was a pro gal, like the galaxy found this way to do this when really <laughs> this is something that's been available. And to your credit that, that we, We've been talking about on the show for the last, you know, well, since, since the transfer ban was announced, we we there we not only our listeners kept asking those right. questions and then we kept pressing for it. But, the, you know, this is something that's been a topic of conversation, you know, since January, February. Yeah. Well, and and by the way, I always said, you know, MLS says it didn't ban that. Remember? And then people kept telling me I was wrong and I was, I was like, I'm, I'm going to find it. I know I, I'm reading the rule. I know I'm right. Um, and eventually I was able to prove it and, and prove that out. So now you're sort of all sitting in this where the L.A. Galaxy can sign players. Um, after that, this is for free agents, right? They can sign free agents after the window closes. They have until September 15th. That's the roster deadline, roster freeze deadline. That's when everything has to stop. Uh, if you remember famously, Christian Wilhelmsen was brought in as a free agent shortly before the roster freeze deadline and played like <laughs> six, favorite. seven, six, seven games down the stretch for the LA galaxy ended up winning an MLS cup because of Christian Wilhelmsen. Um, and so, uh, you look at, uh, what, uh, what they're sort of able to do when we knew. Now, in that Bogart article, they talked about Maya Yoshida. Maya Yoshida, he's a 34, soon to be 35-year-old. His birthday's August 24th. Uh, 35-year-old center back uh, coming from Schalke. Uh, uh, he um, 
that's a free agent, so he's no longer without a he's without a club, which is why the LA Galaxy can sign him, right? Uh, comes from uh, Nagasaki, Japan. He's 34, soon to be 35. He's a center back. This is a guy who has 126 international appearances from Japan. Um, you know, Sampdoria, Southampton. Um, so some really interesting. I mean, if you go by games, Eric, this was actually a little. He's 154 Premier League games. That's not nothing. Yeah, that's eight years on a on a, on a Premier League team. Uh, you know, say what you will about Southampton, but from that time that he was with the club, you know, uh, going back, what does it say? You know, since 2013, basically, right. they they had some really you know good seasons in there. And the thing that impresses me the most is the 127 caps for the Japanese national team since 2010. Uh, you know, you you can look at 34, 35 years old and and scoff at that, but what this screams to me is you have Martin Caceres with his, you know, season ending injury or close. They didn't, they hadn't, haven't technically called that, but him going out. And this seems like basically a one for one replacement, a veteran center back with tons of experience playing in Italy, playing in Germany, playing in the premier league, pair him with your, you know, your, your young center back in Jalen Neal. Yep. And then the rest of the pips can kind of fill in in the background uh, with center backs that the galaxy have signed coming from league two coming from, you know, these, these other places you say, well, you know, they bring this experience and maybe they can help out. No, this is someone who's a legit center back, captain the national team, uh, you know, ha- has, you know, basically every kind of experience you could throw at him. And then when you throw what the, the national team experience and how they kind of run things with the Japanese national team, it seems very much like a player you want uh, in your side. And so the fact that he's a free agent and available, and, you know, I, I don't see any issues with this signing. People are going to point to the age, but I think center back, in MLS is definitely um, where your experience is going to benefit you more than if you're just a young buck running around. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar deal to Costaris, which was, you know, sort of like a one year plus a one, um, that type of thing. Different ages for center backs is certainly with him. I mean, no giant history that I can see with injuries or anything like that. Very solid defender. And again, the formula you sort of talked about, the formula is there, right? Costaris goes down. You have a 36-year-old experienced international center back. You now have a 35-year-old experienced international center back. And I'm going to call him 35 because literally his birthday is less than a month away. Um, so uh, so that's what I see in this. Uh, I had some discussions with some people just talking about Yoshida. And they said, you know, basically they think that this is a good fit. It and that uh, the pedigree is sort of there again. It's such a similar playbook to Casares that you're sort of like, you know, th- that worked out really well. And I think a lot of people were sort of questioning whether or not Casares would work out well, and it did. And I think this has the ability to do that as well. I think Yoshida. The other awesome thing about this is Galaxy don't play another game until August 20th. There's time for Visa. There's time for integration into the squad before you get that start again. Um, you know, on August 20th against RSL. Yeah, and I think someone to mention that he maybe was at the uh, one of he the was. friendlies that was at the Rose Bowl. He, he was and at so the game he, last night too. Yeah, so if, if he's around and he's in town, we had this question and it hasn't been answered yet. But you know, can you start the visa paperwork if he technically hasn't been signed? Because it seemed like you want to get the ball rolling on that because that always seems to be something um, that hinders us. So once they can get that going, at the worst case scenario, when that window closes on you know the second or the third or whatever, right? It's that officially yeah. closes. You, the clock starts then. And then you still have two weeks to kind of get it through. So it seems like, you know, he should be able to join the team once MLS play restarts. Uh, On transfer market, they have him listed at, you know, 900K 
Uh, that's a lagging. Cause, that's always a lagging cause, indicator there. Caceres was at five hundred thousand. So you would imagine transfer market is usually inflated. That seems like you're going to probably get them for roughly around the same price. I would imagine uh, for for role, putting in the same role. So I, I would imagine he's going to be somewhere in that you know five hundred thousand, maybe six hundred thousand dollar range. And they have the international roster slot because they put Caceres on the injured list, not the season ending injury list, but the injured list. Um, you know, that still to me seems like it's season ending we were, I was talking with Damian Calhoun as we were walking out of the stadium last night. I'm like, that's like season ending. I don't see him come. What he's going to play two games whenever it comes back. And well, then, I then think he played walk. three or four games last season or the season before last. He, yeah. He only played three or four, you know, when they went into the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, if you can get him back and you can move things around and you put somebody else, you know, down or you loan somebody else out and you have Kossaris and you have, you know, uh, Yoshida in there and all of a sudden you're n- near the playoffs. There's not horrible things there, but I also think that um, Jalen Neal showed himself to be at, you know, sort of in in form as well. I thought people said he was rusty. I didn't have any problems. Did you see the pass that he put between like seven players that broke three lines that ended up finding either uh, I think it was Boyd or Brugman uh, deep up against the top line? And he literally hit it past like six players. Um and I was like, Jesus, there's no other center back in Major League Soccer right now that is doing those passes. Um, I, th- I I think what, what's happening with Neil is he's a bit of a victim of his own success. So the people who saw the rust have seen him play better games. And so it, it just comes down to he could do better, but that doesn't mean that he necessarily was rusty or played poorly. I thought he was. So, up. I thought he was. I thought he played well. So, any, but anyway, center back now. Center back. They've gotten two center backs, right? Did you want? Did you want to finish the thought? Sorry. No, that was good. Okay. That, okay. That's all I'm saying. Is, um, it is what it is. There are. You have two center backs. You had Alfaro come in, which is going to be probably a good backup. You're going to have Yoshida come in, so you have two center backs there that you've sort of used to plug the hole where you had to release. Um, uh, what Sega Koulibaly, who's yep. who went away and you're replacing Caceres. So you've now liked for like those. And I think that Yoshida is not just a sign. Listen, I'm going to tell you something about the LA galaxy's mindset. And you have to believe me whenever I, everybody I talk to says the same thing over and over again, it's like a broken record, which is so interesting to hear like how it's being nailed down, but it's, it's not about short term. It's about long term. If we're signing people, it's either going to be super short term, which is six months, but that's plan C. When you think about everything, plan A and B are long term fixes for these spots that aren't just good right now that help us right now, but help us into next season as well. So this isn't about just 2023. It's about 2024. And they are not going to make, quote unquote, the panic signing or the panic buy. I I guarantee you they will not sign a striker unless they find somebody who they think fits. Now, having for said next season, for, yeah, yeah, yeah fits for either super short term again, yeah. but plan C or D. Oh, but really they're looking plans A and B is going to be not just fit for now, but the guy yeah. you want for the next two to three years, right? That's what which, they're looking for. Which the market right now for that guy, we, we talked about it with the summer transfer ban. It's, that's a difficult, that's a difficult ask. And so I, I want to empathize with the fans who are saying, why we keep bringing in these center backs. Striker is obviously something where the galaxy are struggling. Why can't we go get a striker? And then you hear the, well, you know, why can't we just offer someone a six month, you know, contract or six month long, who's going to take that? You right. know, realistically, any striker that's worth anything is not going to sign a six month deal. They're going to want multiple years. And then you get into that panic by territory. So I, I kind of see both sides of it, which, which is the name of my game where the, the galaxy obviously desperately need a striker, but right now the market is, is not uh, in their favor. And then, you know, the players that they're looking to get, 
they're, you know, they need to look for someone who's going to be a fit in the long term. So you're right. It is most most likely going to be someone for 2024. So if that striker doesn't come through the door for the 2023 season, I wouldn't be shocked. You, yeah. you just roll the dice with uh, with Jovalich and Judd and, and see what they can do. And, and then you basically plan for next year because they, they don't want to put themselves in a situation where, you know, you give someone fi- a five year contract because you needed uh, a playoff push for two months. Yeah, that you know, th- doesn't make sense. They're not going to trade that. And and that is what it is. I mean, uh, I think that it shows that there's some stability right now within the front office and how they're thinking. And I know that probably angers people. Um, I don't really care. Uh, I was actually talking with some people about Greg Vanny and the whole thing. And it's like, you know, this seems like it's finally starting to cook. And I know people are going to be like, it's been three years. Hold it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've gone through a lot of this stuff with a lot of coaches before this with the previous administration. And now there's now there isn't that previous administration or at least at least 50 percent of that previous administration (laughs) is gone. And so it feels like that there's momentum behind this, but there feels like there's stability. There feels like there is a central thinking. Yeah, there's a plan. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're and they're going for it. I was told um, specifically whenever we were talking sort of about stuff, uh, the Galaxy have the room to add. A significant piece. They can add the striker. The striker that everybody wants as a designated player, they can add it. Okay? Has to be a free agent. Has to fit for the long term. If they don't find that, I don't think they're going to sign. I think they leave it. And they want the flexibility to be there in January whenever, you know, the the season starts again. So, And that's where I'll thump my, you know, put all our eggs in the 2024 basket. Because, you know, why leverage everything for a mediocre striker or someone who, you know, waits, someone, you know, have the European season start, someone who... Maybe you're falls out of favor with their club, and then right. you're able to swoop in in January. Wait, wait, you know, be opportunistic and strike at that point because right now it doesn't seem like that that ideal player uh, that unicorn is out there right now. Yeah, Costa uh, up his his contract up at the end of the season. Chicharito's contract up at the end of the season, um, which you know doesn't really mean anything because they can replace somebody right now for Chicharito. Um, but they have the DP spot open if they want to use it. And if not, it will be open in January as well. Yeah, right? we'll still be there. Yeah. And and they could go into a thing where maybe it's not maybe it's not a piece where you're like, man, that's the that's the that's the key. Maybe they go out and get get a striker who's maybe more of a, a sub or a guy you're going to bring off the bench. But again, long term planning. What does that mean next year whenever you have a DP striker or you have this? What does that mean for how you go and attack, you know, the 2024 season? So keep that in mind. The Galaxy is certainly keeping that in mind. Okay, that is front of mind. That is how they're going to operate. Everything will be um, sort of set that way. Uh, the ban, I love this because this just bunch of BS that gets spout all over the time. The ban, will, this is LA Native says, the ban will be the excuse to keep Vanny. No, I, it's not. It's not going to be the excuse to keep Vanny. They're going to keep Vanny because that's the direction that they have and all the eggs are in that basket right now. He doesn't go anywhere at the end of this year right now. That's how it looks, right? I'm just telling you what is the general feeling from people that I talk to and the general feeling around the club. There is... I don't know that I have heard a front office this optimistic about things in a while because, and, and listen, some of that is could be media blowhard. They certainly know who they're talking to. They know that I'm going to come tell you guys all this stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, everything's well, everything's off the record, right? It's, it's one of those. They know that that's going to filter into what we talk about whenever it comes on this. So I am well aware of that, but I'm telling you that there is an optimism about the plan they're working and how much space they have and the flexibility that is one available now and two is available in January right? That they feel like they have a real opportunity to change the direction of this club. And you can say whatever you want about that. But one of the big things that sort of comes to my mind is look at what, and, and you're, it's not going to be the same level, but look at what, what Miami is doing right now. 
Look at the amount of players they're changing. Look at the flexibility that they have borne in. Look at the things they're able to do. And a lot of that is because they went out and got this world-class player, one of the best players to ever play, still in my mind, the best player to ever play the game, right? Lionel Messi, they come in there and now they're getting other things that are sort of falling. Miami was in a worse position. I think, Eric, weren't you and I talking about Miami and, and sort of the playoffs and whether or not who had the better chance at the playoffs? Was it Miami or the Galaxy? And before they got Messi and everything, you were like, <laughs> the Galaxy have a better chance. And now Miami's no, 12 points behind and you're like, oh, Miami's making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see it that way now. I definitely, the, what Messi has been able to do in his games, it feels like Miami still might be in too deep of a hole for them to climb out. Might of, be. But but the the Galaxy are, are kind of right in that situation. I'm gonna I'm gonna zag a yes. little bit on the Vanny piece. Right. Just to, to one play devil's advocate and two to to not be total rainbows and butterflies. Because yep. I think it's it's fair to be critical of some things that Vanny has done this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Subbing patterns and starting lineup decisions. And so what I think is saving Vanny's job is the injuries. You know, when you have the injuries wiped out and you're unable to replenish because of the ban. So yeah, the ban does play a piece of that, but I, I don't think you can fairly judge what Vanny is able to do given the injuries that they've had, given the band that they have. So fair or foul or whatnot, I, he does, you are going to see him next season. Next season, he starts 0-7 with a restocked lineup and with, you know, the same tactics and things go wrong, then, you know, he, he'll be on the hot seat and they'll be looking for a new coach within the 10 games if they if they have a, a, a start like they did this season. Yeah. But I oh, think yeah. given all the extracurricular activities that were happening this season. I, I don't think that it's fair for Vanny to wear that. Although he has shown moments where it, it's fair to be critical of him as well. It's raised an eyebrow. There's been some decisions where it's like, man, I, I feel like, you know, maybe some different managers make some different decisions that put the galaxy in a better position, but we have to give Vanny the opportunity. Uh, and, and it's, it's really, I see the other side of where, where you don't always get the perfect scenario. You have to right. deal with the cards that you're dealt and the good coaches are going to figure out a way to do it. And I understand that way of thinking as well. But I think given the optimism, like you mentioned that the front office and the organization has like they're moving in the right direction, let's move in the right direction and see if everything works out in an ideal scenario. And then we can make the decision on Vanny, you know, next season. But I, I think to, to it, it would be cruel to, I don't think, this is something that the organization is even thinking of no. is dismissing up the season, but it no. would be cruel given the injuries and everything that's gone on this season with boycotts and front office moves. I, I don't think it's fair to, to call for Vanny's job right now. Uh, by the way, $5 super chat from uh, Lasso's optimism with all the damage the galaxy suffered with the Pavone ordeal. Wouldn't we have been better off keeping him despite all the bad PR uh, a hindsight like yeah. that's that's a hindsight move more than anything else is you couldn't have kept him at the time you couldn't have signed him whenever they wanted to sign him with the sexual abuse allegations that were out there in the climate that you were in in that moment in time it wouldn't have worked you couldn't have done it it would you know i don't remember if you remember katai and all the all, all the immediacy of which i shotgun this was this was quite honestly you know similar if not worse right because this was actually a player who was alleged to have done these things right so um I I, I just want to, <laughs> I'm going to defend us on, on this situation. I think at the time of the Katai thing, there were people on the other side of it, on the side of Pavone thing, there were people on the other side of it. And I think you have hindsight being what it is. Of course, you can look back and say, maybe they were heavy handed because it was a player's wife, right. but you have to, given that moment in time and that situation, I, I think the galaxy made the right decision. Given the moment of time with Pavone, with not all the details out, 
with not everything knowing what was going on. I think they were right to hold off and not press. Now, looking back, how it hasn't really amounted to much and it seems like, you know, might not be a a non-issue moving forward. Yeah, okay, maybe it would have been worth it to keep him. But at the time of the decision, it wasn't the wrong move. So it's easy to look back now and say, oh, see, these guys saying they shouldn't have signed him, but it turned out to be nothing. You know, but there was there was a risk involved there. So and, and I still, two things can be true. I still I, think I, I there is think, a risk too. Yeah, yeah, correct. It's it's not you're not out of the woods. No, yet. No, but, you could still you could it, still fall into. It that looks trial. more likely right. than not. Yeah. Right, right. And and I haven't seen that uh, asking was he cleared? And I don't I don't believe that it's been cleared yet. I, I've it's heard a that, long process. Yeah. yeah, I've heard in Argentina it takes a long time to clear these things and and go go through that. So. Um, you know, that, that type of thing. So I appreciate the the super chat. Thank you for that. It's an interesting question to, to go back and try to figure out, you know, the answers to that. Um, let's talk about the Vancouver game, uh, just real quick. Cause there's not much to talk about. Remember these two teams just played each other. LA galaxy played well against Vancouver after they went down <laughs> three, nothing. I was say, Careful. I was yeah. waiting how you were going to couch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's so, so he went down three, nothing. Mavinga gets a red card, by the way. We haven't really discussed it. We talked about it yeah, a little he was bit. Concussed. He, he, I mean, a Derek Williams situation all over again with with uh, Andy Polo, right? Was that was that the the same yeah. the same sort of thing where it was like you know Williams hit the turf really hard right before that, and then next thing you know he has this crazy weird challenge, and then you have Mavinga who apparently didn't show any signs for concussions until the following day, right? But certainly an interesting little side note to one of the worst 23 minutes in player history. Mm-hmm. I mean, says something <laughs> it could, it very well could be right. So, um, so anyway, uh, you know, a four, two final in that game galaxy played with, you know, 10 men for, for close to, you know, two thirds of that game, um, a little more than two thirds of that game. And so you look at that and say, listen, I don't think the LA galaxy were outmatched by Vancouver. Um, but certainly the way they started. And I, I was sort of asking some of the players, well, what do you do differently against Vancouver this time? They're like, how about we don't start like crap? That was me saying that. <laughs> I paraphrased. But Greg Vanny said something similar, which was like, we need to start better. I'll tell you that, right? And it's those those types yeah. of things. So um, Vancouver's going to be very motivated, Eric. Um, this game now a 6 p.m. Um, start time on Sunday, July 30th. So remember, Sunday, not Saturday. Uh, and this is a League's Cup game. The winner will advance to the knockout stage. The loser gets uh, gets a whole bunch of vacation that is totally unwanted and unwarranted at this point. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah. yeah, we talked about a week and a half being too long for the galaxy. We were going to get into you know two and a half, basically three weeks. No. off. This is not this is not a break that you want. I, yeah. Given the injuries, you think okay, maybe you give them time to heal, but you do want to give maybe those players who don't see regular time. This is their opportunity to shine and kind of get those opportunities. And, you know, when you talk about it, when <laughs> when in your in situation, you can argue this might be the first knockout uh, game because if you when you move on and basically <laughs> this is the the first knockout game, and that's that's the unique thing about the the three group or three team groups right. is that you know you get the two games and all of a sudden there's a lot of high stakes. Uh, once you get to this level of the tournament. Yeah, Vancouver, by the way, again, didn't have a midweek game, so they're coming down nice and rested, so they'll be there for that. Uh, they had to adjust their travel plans, obviously, with the Sunday flight but uh, or Sunday game, so uh, they will do that. Now you look at this game and just in terms of what needs to happen and how it goes. And listen, uh, the Galaxy were fortunate enough to beat Vancouver last year, right? It was the last time the LA Galaxy beat Vancouver. Uh, that was on August 13th of 2022, right? So almost a, almost a year ago. 
um, you know, sort of approaching that a little less than a year ago. So the Galaxy do have some success with Vancouver at home. But listen, Vancouver's sort of been their boogeyman. I think you talked about it, Eric. Um, yeah, they, they always have been. They're, they're one of those teams that always plays the Galaxy tough. The you know, you have those high expectations seems to be like, oh, Vancouver, look at where they are in the standings. This is the the, the game that the Galaxy should be able to win. And they always end up losing that game against Vancouver. The good news is they won't be playing on turf. You, Vancouver right. will have to play on grass. So that's going to be uh, an interesting situation. So uh, we'll see where they land again, given how they played tougher competition uh, in, you know, against Lyon you know they're a little bit fresh they kind of are, are going to be not fresh isn't the right word but you know battle freshly battle tested maybe this is a game that the galaxy could get up for but vancouver he just you could never count them out so no i don't i don't know what to say about this game. scored scored two goals against leon and in, in that game that was the game that ended up going they looked good like thir- they played leon tight as well yeah 31 penalty kick takers or something like that individual penalty people had to yeah, go that twice was insane. yeah it ended up 16 15 um, on that one. So uh, a really crazy game. And, and all that Vancouver got out of that was a single point because they lost the penalty kicks. Right. So it could have been a really different situation uh, whenever you look at this with uh, if if Vancouver had won that and had the extra point right now, uh, a straight up win would have had to be enough. You couldn't have have drawn yeah. and, and done some other things. I think uh, Vancouver would have. Let's see what. Yeah. Vancouver would have won that even if the yeah. Galaxy would have would have won the penalty kicks. They, they would have had to win in regular time. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So you wouldn't even have to go to penalty kicks to decide it. If it was tied at zeros, which would have been an interesting. Does Vancouver How would they sit have back? That? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> Just kick it into the. Yeah. The, kick it into the stands. The the big key here, obviously, is going to be one, the start for the LA Galaxy. I think that's important. Um, but two, who's going to score the goals? And it's a big question that we love to talk about. Yeah. Now, in the seven game unbeaten streak, the Galaxy got plenty of goals from plenty of people. Even in the Vancouver game, they got two goals out of that game. Right. And so. Listen, they can score goals. It's just who's going to do it on a regular basis. You need somebody like Tyler Boyd to step up. Gaston Brugman, we expect that there will be MRI results tomorrow from training. There's going to be uh, a media availability on uh, on Friday afternoon or Friday, you know, midday right in there. Um, so we should get an update on Gaston Brugman to make sure. And Vanny said he he was losing some mobility in his knee, basically that he wasn't able to, to, to move his knee the way that he wanted to. He goes, and they thought it didn't seem like it was serious, but it was something and they needed to take a look at it. And the MRI was going to sort of tell him that. The concerning part is when he got subbed out. Cause you see this all the time where players go down and you're like, Oh man, how bad is the injury? Right. And it sometimes looks worse than it is, but being subbed out in the first half is concerning. That tells you that, you know, that it is something that, you know, was not to be, uh, you know, messed around with. So it, it does make me a little bit nervous it should. Uh, to hear about those results. Cause with all the players, you know, that have been injured and gone, Brugman is that engine in the middle of the team. And so to see him go would, you truly would be preparing for 2024 if, uh, if Brugman goes out. And this is a guy who is the captain of the LA galaxy, right. Mm-hmm. And has been the captain really since Chicharito went out um, and it hasn't been playing Gaston Brugman has been the guy. Um, and so now you don't have that guy. And quite honestly, he bridges the gap between the defensive midfielder and that mm-hmm. offensive attacker. And he's able to get into good spots. And you saw with the Vancouver game, uh, his ability to score as well. So huge miss, right? And so you're going to miss two thirds of your midfield in this Vancouver game with Brugman, with Delgado. Um, certainly, you know, not not great lineups in terms of what you're going to get from from this. Um, I, I would be surprised if we didn't see Mitrovic back in goal again. I, I I feel like he's the league's cup. You have, you know, I think we saw it in previous seasons where, you know, Klinsman was the open cup goalkeeper. 
you know, Bond was the league goalkeeper and seems like Mitrovic is going to be, you know, the league's cup goalkeeper. And I think given the game that he had, you, you have to reward him for that. If, if this, that was like going to be a one-time thing, I think with the injuries that the Bond has had and with Klingsman has had this season, why not, you know, give give him the opportunity to go out there and prove himself. Well, not only that, but if you really needed to, let's say you needed to make a trade at the deadline and maybe somebody needed a goalkeeper, maybe <laughs> one of your goalkeepers goes, right? Maybe Jonathan Bond goes, maybe Klinsman goes. Klinsman goes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that could be something. You're, you're featuring a young goalkeeper who apparently loves to stop penalty kicks. And you're talking about a game that, in my mind, has a high likelihood of going to penalty kicks. Um, and so you look at that and I, I think Mitrovic is your guy. Um, and everybody, and, and everybody was saying great things about him. Alfaro was talking about him. I think Jalen Neal talked about him. Uh, Greg Vanny talked about him. They're like, man, yeah, we like the kid. He's, he's a good kid. So, uh, predictions sure to be wrong for this game. Well, I will say there was no 538 on this, but right. I can give you betting odds. The galaxy are actually favorites to win this game. They're at minus 120. Vancouver's at plus 280. And so plus 280 for a draw as well. So. Take that for what it, for what you are. Vegas seems to like the Galaxy in this game for whatever reason. So that takes us to our guaranteed to be wrong prediction. Leagues Cup, it's all about the narrative. It's the win and we're in. So what makes it the most dramatic way to do it? It's the shootout. So I think the Galaxy are going to be down a goal. Then in the 88th minute, you know, Ricky ties up the game. It's a 2-2 draw. It's kind of what I'm expecting. And then they go into a shootout get everyone's hopes up and then they lose in the shootout. Okay. And then we say goodbye to the LA galaxy. So I'm, I'm projecting a two, two draw and a shootout loss. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say draw like one, one. I, I do. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think the, ga- the Galaxy don't feel... It has feel- to go to a shootout, right? It has they to go to, to a shootout. They have to make us sweat just that extra piece and put that extra piece of stress. You just know that's, that's how it has to go down. They're not going to make this easy on us. Yeah, I think it's a coin flip about whether or not they come they come out on the on the shootout. I, I don't necessarily think that that's a team with a ton of confidence in the shootout. Um, and certainly with all the Galaxy's woes with penalty kick takers and everything else, I don't know that they're they're sitting there. But I mean, if you're Greg Vanny and you don't have those guys practicing that this you know this week, oh, hundred percent, you got you got to have them in there. Yeah. And definitely, it should be for like running. It's like if you guys miss, you guys are gonna run. Like just letting you know, you know, the whole day is like, what? We don't, we don't. Nope. We're professional athletes. We don't. Have I was to gonna say, I don't them. think they do that, but yeah, they should. Go for it. They should make yeah. them run. That you got to put some, you got to put some stakes on some it, steak. right? Yeah, yeah like right. I said I like stakes. Yeah, exactly. Um. All right, I think that's about it. LA Galaxy uh, and Vancouver Whitecaps coming up on Sunday. I'm clicking the wrong button. Let's try it again. On Sunday, this game on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Uh, they don't give me a kickoff time. I would imagine it's 6.09. Usually, they're about a nine-minute lead-in, so 6, 6.09, but 6 p.m. is your TV start time for that. Um, and again, I have four pairs of tickets I'm giving away. You need to send in an email. You need to give me your first name, your last name, and your email address. You need to tell me why. And don't don't make it like if it's too long, I'm not going to read it. I'm telling you right now. Just don't. Ooh, that's that's right? good advice. Right? That's good advice as a former uh, educator. I'm actually technically still an educator. But sometimes kids would write you when you give them an essay. They write like 10 paragraphs thinking, oh, look, they're going to be impressed. No, I, I'm not going to be impressed. No. I want I, I asked for five paragraphs. Give me five paragraphs and make them good. Don't go. Don't give me extra. So you're right. Keep it concise. Get to the point quickly. I like where you're at. Okay, good. Um, so anyway, so tickets for that. This is here's the here's the added bonus. Are you ready for the added bonus? Larry Morgan, not on Twitter and not on Threads either, is supposed to be at this game, and he will be sitting at or near these seats as well. So you not only get the, to go chance, to a game, yeah, a, a chance, chance to, to sit next him. to Larry Morgan, right? That's yeah. You got to set your game up. That's got, these got to be some good emails. 
heading Josh's way. If you want to be near near the great the near, great Larry Morgan, the likelihood he shows up at least seventy five percent. So. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. All right. Uh, anything else, Eric, you want to get to, or are we go? Well, I mentioned that I like steak, so I'm going to leave you with a good dad joke. Yes. So I was at the butcher. I met a bet with the butcher. I said, can you grab me the sirloin from the top shelf? And he said, I'm sorry, sir. The steaks are just too high. Oh, there it is. It's all a right. Good joke. It's a it, good dad it's a, joke. It's a great, great dad joke. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that. All of mine are way too dirty to be on here. So I won't be telling any. All right. Uh, t- Eric, tell people where they can find you. We'll get out on out of here. All right. As always, you can find me on everything at Hammer EV9. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. That's at Hammer EV and the number nine. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter at Jay Gessman, at Galaxy Podcast, and of course on Threads at Galaxy Podcast, Instagram, Galaxy Podcast, all that fun stuff. CornerTheGalaxy.com is where you can find all of our shows. Head on over there, and we will see you out there on Sunday. Uh, LA Galaxy taking on Vancouver in a must win to advance. A must win. The first one of the season. A must win. We made it. Uh, so we'll see how the LA Galaxy do. And yes, yes, you want them to advance in League's Cup. Say it with me. You want them to advance in League's Cup. All right. Uh, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.